You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. Hey guys, hope everyone had a good week. Yes. We're back. It was a good celebration. It was. For my birthday. Celebrate good times. Come on. Come on. Got it right this time. But I like the celebration times. Because... She's going to remix it and make it celebration times. But now we're going to get into all the juicy stuff of Krista's life. The juicy. My story's over. Thank goodness. Holla. And but now... is it over? Mm. <laughs> But now this is going to be about Krista, and now the tables are turned, and I'm going to be asking the questions. <laughs> <laughs> and I ask some good questions. Uh-huh. Well, and now that's too much pressure, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> My breathing. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. So, Krista is just going to start with how, where she was at in high school, how she was feeling, um, what type of person she was how much pressure was on her at that age when we were all in high school and then how as she's gotten older into her adulthood how she's gotten aware where her core beliefs were at what she was actually feeling and we'll just start with that so Krista you you take the floor and it's all you <sighs> so weird okay so if I have to take myself back to high school um just to preface my high school years I had a lot of conditioning um and a lot of beliefs about myself um and my worthiness all before I even I mean even before I left elementary school but especially before I got to high school um And basically for me, when I was in high school, and like so many other people, I feel like all you want to do is, like, be seen and be known and be loved. Like, I feel like that's everybody's wishes and wants in life. Um, And from my previous experiences, my core belief was that I could not be myself if I wanted to be loved. I'm already going to cry. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Stay with it. That's a lot of people, and that makes a lot of sense. I think this is another reason why I didn't want to talk about it. That's okay. It's just you and me in here. (laughs) This is your story. I kid you not, the other day when I was, like, talking about it out loud, Mm -hmm. I was just like... (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a lot for us to share our story on here because we're reliving it and we we see that girl that just wanted to be loved and chosen Mm -hmm. and you see little Krista and it's hard. Yeah, and I feel like after I went through like my therapy and all that stuff, I dealt with it. Yeah. But then I would go straight back to like my defense mechanisms and like not think about it anymore you know 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> because for over two decades, you've um, you've conditioned yourself for protectors. You've grabbed on to protectors, and that mm-hmm. looks like you putting your walls up, or that looks you looks like you making jokes as if nothing matters, <laughs> or that looks exactly. like isolating yourself. So it's if it's not happening, if I act like it's not happening, then it's really not happening. Like uh-huh. those are all protectors. Or yeah. anger is a protector emotion, and so you've been all those. You yes. yeah, you've been holding on to those protectors and those core beliefs as like, oh, these are protecting me when they're actually just keeping you from experiencing and getting aware exactly so it makes a lot of sense yeah it, it was more so me running away and hiding from my pain instead of embracing it mm-hmm. and and you say you'd be doing this your whole life oh absolutely okay absolutely and so in high school like a lot of it like I didn't know then that that was my core belief but I distinctly remember during high school like I never wanted to be alone like I was always you know, at my friend's house, I was always playing sports. I was always doing something so that I didn't have to be alone because it was like the moment that I was alone was the moment that I could feel like just almost like how much I hated myself Mm. Mm -hmm. and how much I didn't like to be with myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I would just keep busy. And one of the ways that I found myself keeping busy was being super involved in the church Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and in my head I thought okay like I have to be loved and accepted here you know what I mean like I would think that this is the place where maybe I could feel loved and accepted but instead I kind of had a belief that I had to do all these things in order to be loved and accepted in the church Mm -hmm. so but that was the only way that I could even feel like an ounce of like, maybe you could kind of be yourself and then also feel loved because I feel like a lot of my issues were in my social world. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have a lot of like issues with family or home life. Um, it was inner. It was, it was definitely inner and it was definitely socially and like what people thought of me and all this stuff. So I definitely developed a defense mechanism to kind of mirror whoever I saw getting love and attention and so I'd want to be and do those things that they were doing so that maybe I could feel that way too and so what were those things that you would mimic in order to get love so to specify I would basically like (laughs) whatever like if somebody like if somebody was considered like popular they really liked this person I would be I'll just give an example. So one of my friends, she was very goofy, funny, outgoing. um, And a lot of people were like, oh, you're so funny. Like, we love you, all this stuff. And I kid you not, I started, I noticed myself, like, pick up and do almost everything that she would do. So, like, mannerisms, little jokes, little things. And it was almost like I was becoming her instead of just being me. Mm, Yeah. mm -hmm, That's good. So... That's what I started doing as I was growing up. I started thinking, okay, I'm not good enough how I am. Mm. So I need to start taking things that other people are doing and do and be those things so that I am enough. So that I can be loved. So that I can be loved. And so 
in the church, that looked like me seeing, I guess, like, yes, you have leaders at church, but then you have, like, in our group, you have, like, those kind of, like, higher ups. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost like a status in my head anyways. Um, and and those higher ups who were my age in my group, but almost were looked upon as like oh these are idolized like that's who I want to be like I legit remember (laughs) we would have we had this thing one year and we we would wear shirts and they like chose specific people to have on the shirts like it would be like I agree with blank like so and so I agree with so and so and to me it was like you chose those people because those were the idolized students right because just to clarify Clarify. for Mm -hmm. listeners what were what did those shirts mean how did those shirts come about because i remember at this age like this is when we were in each other's lives too Mm -hmm. we all we both went to the same church Mm -hmm. it was like this one church that all of our like our rivalry rivalry high schools went to Mm -hmm. and it was like a big community so everybody knew each other and yes i do remember these shirts but just just to clarify for listeners, what were these shirts about? So, for example, like, there was, it was, I, I can remember this. It was blue. It mm-hmm. was, like, a light blue shirt. And in, like, I want to say in, like, yellow letters or something very, like, obnoxious. Yeah. It just said really big, I agree with. And then even bigger, it said, like. The name of the person. The name of the person. So, let's say Alexis. It says, I agree with Alexis. And it had, like, maybe four four or five different people you could get one of their shirts (laughs) and so there's just a bunch of people walking around with like I agree with you know these idolized people and I agree with this person you know and and the whole I get the idea like the whole point was for other people to be like what is your shirt about what do you agree with and then that was supposed to lead you into the gospel and oh well well, yeah well this it was supposed to be yes Alexis believes in God and so this is who he is and Jesus Mm -hmm. like that was the point and I get it but we were idolizing people. We were idolizing in order mm-hmm. to get people to get to Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So for me, I'm like, okay, that person, that person, that person. What are they doing? What are they doing in order to get all this love and attention? You know, and so, meeting me, I started seeing. Okay, well, they come to church every Sunday and Wednesday. So guess what I'm gonna do come to church every Sunday and Wednesday. Mm -hmm. What else are they doing? Oh, they're sharing scriptures and being encouraging to people on Facebook or in, you know, all the social media platforms. So what am I going to do? I'm going to start texting people and I'm going to start posting on Facebook and do all these things and just be encouraging and uplifting. Um, So I started doing that too. And then I see that they're going on mission trips. So then I'm going on mission trips. <laughs> I see that they're hanging out with the leaders outside, you know, of just church hours. So I'm hanging out, with the, you know, I'm like inserting myself into that too. And I'm giving testimonials like at church camp. I'm going to church camp because they're going to church camp and I see how well this has all worked out for them. Um, and so I'm doing all the exact same things. And, and that was... How did, how did you feel when you were doing all the same exact same, like all the exact same things that these idolized popular um, 
people were doing to in order to get loved how did you feel when you started doing those I felt accepted by people socially but I didn't have anything spiritually like the things that people would be talking about about God I'd be like I don't know what you're talking about like I have never experienced that so would you say you felt numb to it yeah exactly Mm -hmm. but I was very good at knowing exactly what it was supposed to look like yeah and so that's what I did and I don't I did not realize it like I did this I think I first went to that church in like seventh grade but didn't start really going until about ninth grade um at least consistently and I want to say it was maybe sophomore no I think it was junior year of high school um and this is when at like a camp I finally like gave like one of those testimonials so basically when you would go to this camp Typically, there were going to be a couple of people chosen to tell their testimony, <laughs> and I finally did it one year, and I remember it being so hard for me to tell my testimony, like, record it. Yeah. Because I was, <laughs> this sounds so shitty, but I mean, I was basically faking it. Like, yes, I had a quote-unquote relationship to God, or sorry, I had a relationship with God, according to other people but when I'm alone uh, no it's a a completely different story completely different story Mm -hmm. completely different person I guess um and so I remember (laughs) watching my testimony up there and I was just like Krista what are you doing (laughs) like who is that like who are you like I really didn't know and so um I remember even saying that to somebody after my testimony and I just felt like, like I told them, like I felt so fake and I felt, you know, all this stuff, all these things. And like, and I was, I really was. Um, and I can own that now because I know what I was searching for in order to do that, you know? And and I will say that even through me being kind of like a fake Christian, you know, throughout my whole teenage years, teenage years. Yeah. I mean, a lot of good things did still come out of that. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I made so many different meaningful relationships and like good things did come out of it. But I was the most connected, disconnected person, mm, if that makes that's sense. That's good. No, that makes a lot of sense. I was. I was. Um, but my defense mechanism, like I think I knew this, like I knew that I was not really connected, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I just kept telling myself, no, Krista, like, you're a great God-fearing woman, like, woman, like, you've, you're, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do. And I think that was the issue, is I thought I was doing everything that I was supposed to do instead of just having a relationship with God. Yeah. Like, I was checking off all the boxes. Mm -hmm. Okay, if I do all the, it was conditional love. I was doing all of these things in order. To be loved. To be loved. When you were already loved exactly how you were. Exactly. But anyway, so I remember right after I told this person that I felt so fake, I kid you not, he got up on stage. Yeah, I remember this. (laughs) You ran. I ran. Okay, so for those of you who don't know me, like I am, I am the most, (laughs) 
outgoing, shy person you've ever met in your life. Like, For sure. I am very shy until I get comfortable enough with you. You know, I'm just one of those people who, I mean, and I could just, like, really shy, mm-hmm. you know, but that shy, and now that I think about it, that shyness really is not, like, that shyness is all insecurities because I'm trying to fill, fill you out. I'm trying to see, you know, your body language, what you're thinking of me. You know, it's very much like kind of like more so an anxiety thing. Mm. When I first get to know you is like, I'm like, oh, my God, are you like me? Am I okay? Am yeah. I good? That's some good self-awareness right there. Yeah. I'm just not. That's <laughs> I'm awesome. just not thinking about that. Um, but, yeah, so he goes up on stage. Oh, my God. And I hate being the center of attention. I really do. I don't like it. Um, and so he gets up on stage and he gets the mic and he's like, I can't even remember his exact words, but something along the lines of like calling me out, you know, but he wasn't doing it in a rude way. Like he was just like, I guess it like sparked an awareness in him of something. Like he was like, oh my gosh, like if Krista, you know, who is this great (laughs) woman if she is feeling like she's not good enough or that she like, Oh my goodness. I, I like, I don't even remember exactly what his words were, but I remember. Like, what were, Oh God. Were he, he said, Oh my gosh. If Krista was, if Krista thinks that she's a fake Christian and that she's not worthy, then like, then we're all not worthy. And yes. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. Now thinking like hindsight, thinking back to that once again, it was, another human being putting another human being like and idolizing them Mm -hmm. when we all have our own insecurities we're all like failing in some way and we all feel insecure about that but that's Mm -hmm. not like we're all gonna fail in some things but we're already loved yeah and so it's like we dumb ourselves down because (laughs) this idolized person is doesn't even feel enough so we're like oh god oh God, yeah. then we're not enough, you know, when yeah. that's not the thing. And then I remember you ran out of the auditorium. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, and I think that's why I can't remember exactly what he said because I'm, like, for me personally, like, as soon as I saw him get on stage and mention my name, like, everything else went black. Like, I really <laughs> don't remember. Like, I just... I think it's because I was in my head. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I told him that in confidence, and now you're telling everybody that I think I'm fake. You know? And so, like, you know, my... It was super vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And and I already have a really hard time being vulnerable, mainly because, like, it, 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 like Alexis and I have said before, once you say it out loud, it becomes real. real. And so... For my whole life, I've tried to keep it in. I really have. Um, But looking back, like, I could tell that I'm pretty sure that I had depressive tendencies, like, since, like, ninth grade. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember to the world, I looked like the most bubbly, outgoing person, like would always have a smile on my face, would always, you know, be very nice to other people, um, typically. Um, (laughs) But I distinctly remember, like, laying in bed at night and just crying. And I remember, 
I told one of my friends that and I was like, or it came out somehow. And I told her, I was like, yeah, most nights when I'd stay the night at your house, as soon as you fell asleep, I'd turn around and I'd cry myself to sleep. Yeah. And she was like, what? (laughs) You know, because I was that good at hiding it. And I was that good at hiding it to other people, but then also to myself. Does that make sense? Like, I would just tell myself over and over again, like, no, no, you're not. Like, you're good. You're happy. You're fine. You know, you'd and be lying to yourself. I'd be lying to day. myself. Exactly. Um, hence me always trying to be busy because I never had to think about it. Once you fake it for so long, you just kind of feel like a robot, I guess, and not like an actual human being. And then also you're like making all these relationships and you're like, mm, but this isn't really even me. It's you almost know? like you're not connected to your humanity. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And and I remember, like, whenever I went to therapy, it was really hard for me to remember everything from high school. Like, and it's not because it, I mean, yes, some parts were traumatic, but it wasn't even that. It was just, like, I had even lied to myself for so long that, like, it was kind of hard to for me to go back and determine what was the truth and what wasn't, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so I remember, like, 11th or 12th grade, I wrote this poem. <laughs> And this poem, I think, is... No, no, no. Not I think. This poem is the first time that, like, I actually voiced, said it out loud, outside of just my mind, mm-hmm. exactly how I felt. Yeah. Um, and I really think that I kind of almost have it memorized. <laughs> like, it basically started off, though, with, like, torn, twisted, and tangled. Oh. In all the lies. So that was referring to all the things that, like, I have previously thought about myself. And the next line says, like, the devil comes at me with a big surprise. (laughs) Okay, mind me, I'm 11th, 12th grade. Okay. I think this is good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I say, he shoots me down, telling me I'm worthless, I'm ugly, I'm fat, and I don't have a purpose. And that line right there is the very basis of the core beliefs that I had about myself. Yeah. Like, that's a genuinely how I felt about myself. And then even in later on in there, it said, a smile on my face, though inside I'm dying. Oh, my God. After pretending, I lay in bed crying. Oh, my God. <laughs> and thinking back now, when I wrote that, I don't, I don't think I even genuinely knew what that meant. Yeah. Like, but it was the first time that I could finally express (laughs) exactly how I felt. And this is for an assignment too. Like this is for me to turn it into some lady, you know, it was for poetry. Um, But it's almost like you gave yourself a little bit of freedom mm -hmm. when, as you were writing that. Yeah. And I felt safe enough to do that too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... I love that poem because it really does um, show kind of everything that I genuinely went through inside, you know, and I think the crazy thing about that is, like, I think it's given me so much perspective, too, because you always look at really happy people 
are people who are really involved in the church and all that stuff and you like wish you were like them or you want to be like them and I remember there there'd be so many people who'd be like Crystal like I wish I was like you like I want to be like you and like my inner child who like was like oh yes they're looking up to me you know loved that but at the end of the day I was like no you don't like you do not want to be like me like you do not want to have to pretend and fake it all the time and then be depressed as fuck when you get home or when you're by yourself like and overcompensate for things such as you know didn't want to feel what I feel when I'm by myself so always overactive and like doing just all the things um and so about 11th and 12th grade that's whenever I'm starting to obviously realize like you've been faking it you know um because for the longest time I just told myself that no you're not you're doing great you're awesome you know but no you really were and so this is when I start seeing myself like disconnect Mm. from the church yeah um and just not (laughs) I really didn't want anything to do with it anymore um why I can't really blame anybody because a lot of it's me, like, but the fact that I went to a place and for four or five years and nobody even knew or had any, like, slightest idea how bad I was struggling, I don't know. But I can't really blame them because I was faking it. No, but go with that because that's real. Okay. Like, what you're saying is y'all didn't really see me. Exactly. You didn't see me. I was crying out. I was screaming. And even though, yes, I was faking it, there there always are signs. Yeah. I mean, even that, like, some of the people that I'd hang out with, like, that were, quote, unquote, the church group. Like, I hung out with these people all the time. Every day. Like, we would have conversations. And it was like, I don't know, it just seemed like everybody was so wrapped up in themselves or in, you know, just being the, I don't know, like, most popular people in the church. I don't, I really don't know how to explain that, but. No, but we were all doing that. Yeah, we we all were. It's so hard to, like, look at somebody else when we ourselves are already still struggling but we don't even know how Mm -hmm. much we're struggling because we're not being honest with ourselves about it exactly so like on your side you're like well I was struggling nobody saw me but everybody was struggling but we're just all lying to each other that we are exactly exactly and you felt hurt by it like well no we call ourselves the church we want to be there for each other and Mm -hmm. we saw our community be Mm -hmm. there for others like you put on a shirt because you wanted people to come to Christ. Yeah. But the people within your community, your best friend, the person who was standing beside you through it all, you didn't even see me struggle. So, yeah, that's that's real hurt yeah. because everybody feels that way. Exactly. And I just feel like, I was like, y'all have known me and we've had deep conversations, but you didn't actually really know me. Mm-hmm. And nor did I ever feel like you genuinely wanted to get to know me it was more so like 
like you look good for the church like you look good for us yeah and I I really remember like that there was one single person besides you (laughs) who genuinely like dived in to the way that I was feeling and 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 that's the only person besides you (laughs) (laughs) that I felt like me having conversation with that they were trying to figure out more Mm -hmm. um trying to dig deeper genuinely trying to get to know who Krista was but that's two out of however many I mean it's a big old church thousands right like that's two people and so I was just I don't know I was over it and then also I was over myself I was like you know you've just been faking it anyways like just Mm -hmm. stop so like after realizing like okay I've been faking it but I was honest with myself but now I'm starting to get aware but now I'm seeing a lot like a lot of stuff is being revealed to me even through this church Mm -hmm. what happened um after you started seeing a lot like what Mm. did you choose to do I chose to be judgmental as fuck (laughs) (laughs) well and here's because I do remember I do remember like whenever you started going to a different church pretty soon after that um you and Jen were like come with us you know and I was like okay and so I went (laughs) and I remember I think I straight up told you I was like everybody looks fake as fuck in here (laughs) yeah I remember that Uh like I just was so I don't know I really did I I really did turn cold um I really did and so all I would choose to do was judge I was not open to it at all um because I just really didn't care, I guess. Yeah. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense after yeah. everything that you've been through. I mean, people either choose to grow cold or um, they let it. And, and we all go through this journey. Mm-hmm. Like, I've let my story sometimes let me grow cold. Yeah. Um, but, but being stuck in that coldness, would you say that you let yourself grow numb to it again? Mm-hmm. You you were that's grabbing good. onto your protectors. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely the thing that I go to first mm-hmm. is growing numb and pretending like it doesn't, it's not actually okay. happening. Right. And then that's going up into our adulthood, us mm-hmm. graduating, figuring out life in general. Yeah. So what did that carry into as you were getting older? Well... My, I'm going to, I'm going to start here because I was already, I was already cold a little bit from the church. Right. And then my senior year of high school, I start dating this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've already disconnected from the church. Sort of. Like, I just don't, I'm just not as involved, I guess. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I would still say I went sometimes for the social aspect. Just because, like, I feel like our church was so different because, it, this is going to sound weird to say actually out loud, but it was almost like the cool thing to go to church. Like, no, it totally was. It so was. It Especially really was. that church that we that went church. to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of people wanted to go. Um, and... So anyway, so I'd start disconnecting from the church, um, and started dating this guy, <laughs> and I did not like him, like, at all. Throughout all of high school, I did not like him. Um, 
but then senior year, like, we had a class together, and he was just so persistent, like, would not leave me alone, knew all the right things to say, um, and so I just gave it a try, and he, you know, would make me feel, you know, like I was the only one, and that I was, like, just this unicorn, like, I just was, you know, which I am, but... You are. Yeah, but he would, like, and we only dated, I think, off and on for, like, a year, okay, so just a backstory, Um, but throughout that year, like, he would make me feel so special, I guess, like you were worthy. Yes. You were good enough. Mm-hmm. Like going back to how you felt in high school, you didn't feel worthy. You didn't feel good enough. Yeah. You weren't beautiful. You didn't feel beautiful. No. You felt fat. But yeah. this guy, I remember him, like he he was very definitely excited about everything about you. Like yeah. he always said that you were beautiful and Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just made me feel really good. Um then like and and right, it was only a year long, so when I'm saying then, I'm going to say, like, after a month or two, right? So so at this point, after a month or two of dating him, like, I'm already like, yes. Like, I just, I want to be with you because you've made me feel all these things. Like, and so I'm, I'm clinging to this person, okay? Um, and I remember just, like, we would be hanging out. And then all of a sudden, like, he would get mad at me and then start accusing me. Of, like cheating and in my head I'm like oh my god like I would never do that like I would never do that yeah I don't even I don't even think twice about that nor do I in my head do I think that anybody even really wants me you know and so I'm like that's ridiculous mm-hmm. um and so we'd fight about that or like he would just start getting angry super easily about like little things and like I remember seeing him like punch a wall and stuff and then um he would like drink and smoke all the time and and I was like like you know like things were like off to me but still in the midst of that he still made me feel all those things like I wanted to feel Mm -hmm. still beautiful still still good enough Mm -hmm. still worthy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in my head I had been friends with this guy long before we ever started dating and so in my head I was like, this person knows me really well. Like, we would have deep conversations. Like, we would talk about all the, like, deep stuff. And I thought, like, okay, he knows me really well. Like, he would never, like, do anything to hurt me. Like, I genuinely believe that. Like, he one time gave me, like, a promise ring and, like, all these things. Like, yeah. I'll... I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it comes up to come to find out he stole it from the person he was living with. So, it wasn't even really a thing. Okay. Um <laughs> I did not know he gave me that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, but young love. Young love, I guess. Like you're like oh chaotic my gosh. love. Yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> he really does love me. Like we're gonna get married one day. Uh-huh. Um and then I don't know, like I now looking back, there were so many red flags. <laughs> um, but I was really refusing to see them and also 
he was really good at manipulating them. But you were, you didn't want to see the red flags because he was your source of feeling worthy and Mm -hmm. being loved and being Mm -hmm. good enough. So, yeah. So that's why I was clinging on to that because I was like, if I lose you, I lose all of that. Yeah. That's what you thought. That was your belief. That's what I thought. I was very dependent on someone else's validation. Yeah. So eventually as the relationship progressed, um, I found out that he actually had been talking to several different girls telling them like how much you know he wanted to be with them or how sexy and beautiful they were um I found out that he even like actually like physically cheated on me and had sex with somebody else um and Alexis was actually the one to tell me that um and that was another thing that I feel like even grew me colder towards that church well, yes, I do want to say one thing. Can yeah. I say one thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. When I did find out, it was through people, through the church that exactly. we were a part of, that was a part of our community. Mm-hmm. And I found out the night before um, a Sunday, and you and me were going to hang out that morning yep. after church. And um, I remember going to church, and me and Jen, we had just found out, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to tell her. Like, I just want to leave right now. But then, like, people found out that I found out Mm -hmm. because they all knew we're all three best friends. Yeah. And people were telling me that it's not my job to tell her. Like, these people in the church within our community were telling me not to tell my best friend that her boyfriend that she loved was cheating on her. Yeah. And that confused me. And so I told you everything that was going on that was said to me, all the evidence that I found and then I even told you what the church, the people in the church said. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course, that would make you grow colder. <laughs> well, mainly because these people that I've been going to see for at least two or three days a week, like they had known for like several weeks. It was like two. I want to say it was like two or three weeks that they but, had known. Yeah. Well, y'all had already been, you had already been dating this guy for like seven months now, I feel like, mm-hmm. like for a long time, and everyone knew y'all were dating. Yeah, and this this had been going on for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think, I don't know, for me, like that was just like a, a punch in the gut. <laughs> you felt betrayed by the person you loved. You felt betrayed by your church. You felt betrayed by your community. You felt betrayed by everybody. Yeah, because I was like, how how have you seen me every Sunday and Wednesday? smiling next to this guy and you haven't said a single thing like I understand they were trying to give him the opportunity to man up but at a certain point if he didn't you need to tell me because I'm still over here like I don't know I guess for me like that hits my pride too because I'm like I look stupid as fuck yeah like I really do well in <laughs> all this well yeah from a worldly view worldly, Cologne, exactly. you're not stupid though. I know mm-hmm. but from a worldly view yes if anybody else were to say it they would say that, oh, she looks stupid. But also, like, in the midst of all this, it proved your core belief right mm-hmm. that people are fake, Christians are fake. Yeah. It's just for status. And then it proved your other core beliefs, like, I'm not loved, yeah. I'm not worthy, I'm not beautiful. Yeah. So it was just proving, quote-unquote, proving everything that you truly thought about yourself. Yeah. I felt like this this was relationship that it was like, okay, I, I tried to genuinely be myself, and then this is what happened to me. And so I really am like, I, I'm just never going to be enough how I am. 
Yeah, and that's another belief you picked up from that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that just strengthened that belief. Yeah. Um, and so what did I do? I chose to become cold even more and just shut off, basically. Yeah. Um, shut off that part of you. That shut part off of that me. humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just remember, like, I very much had, like, a I don't care type of attitude anymore, like, at all. Um, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I really, yeah, yeah, I know. And so that, I mean, we'll go into, like, our friendship later, but that, mm-hmm. that did cause a lot of fights between um, Alexis and I. Um, so, anyways, moving forward, um, I eventually started dating this other guy who I'm still dating, um, it's hard to be in bad relationships, toxic relationships, but I feel like it's even harder to be in a good relationship after a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I started dating the guy I'm dating now, I was very skeptical, obviously, mm-hmm. just about everything he would ever say to me, like in my head. Which makes sense. Which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um I just didn't believe a lot of the things. Um, it took me a long time, I guess, to believe that this guy really did love me or, you know, that he really would ever choose me, you know. And so I feel like that part alone, like, caused a lot of anxiety in my relationship for me. Like, I would have a lot of anxiety of, like, I didn't want to not be around him because I was like, well... But if I'm not if I'm not around him, then you know maybe he'll just do exactly exactly what the other guy did, or you know what I mean. Like I just have if I didn't hear from him, like a lot of anxiety. Like I just <laughs> I was very like anxious all the time. So it grew into codependency as well. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And so, like I remember at the beginning of this relationship, like I'm not even gonna just say the beginning because the first few years of this relationship, like I was very codependent on him, like everything that he felt I would feel and and I mean in the sense of like if I was having a day but he came and I and I saw him and he was upset oh I'm upset now or like he said I'm sad now Mm -hmm. oh oh he's happy okay I'm happy now like my feelings and emotions were dependent on whatever he felt Mm -hmm. um and so a lot of that like I was starting to do exactly what I did with my ex is I felt like I needed him for that validation. I needed him to always be with me. Like I did not ever want to go hang out with my friends mm-hmm. because I was like, cause I need him, <laughs> you know, like I just was very codependent on him. And I mean, I guess I was like that for definitely the very first like four or five years of our relationship. Okay, four. So four years of our relationship, I was very codependent on him. Um, And it wasn't until COVID, okay? So I'm definitely the COVID person who went through all the mental health stuff, which, I mean, honestly, I feel like who didn't during COVID, but... I feel like COVID got us... I feel like COVID forced us to get very self-aware and I'm not just talking about individually I'm talking about like this whole country yeah and people chose 
some people chose to get aware for the better, mm-hmm. you know, and actually apply that to their life, that self-awareness. Yeah. So I think COVID did a lot. I think it was a blessing in, dis- in disguise. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm hearing is in high school, you always had these core beliefs that um, you were fat, mm-hmm. that you weren't beautiful, that you weren't um, good enough, that you weren't worthy, that in order to be loved, you had to match these things that you were seeing of people who were being idolized Mm -hmm. in order to get loved. And then you got into this um, relationship and I think he was actually your first boyfriend. He was because I, I mean, really in my head, I never believed that the, any guys who'd give me attention, I didn't believe that they actually really wanted to be with me. Right. So then when this guy shows how beautiful you are and, like, what he saw in you, which was always there, mm-hmm. but now he's your source. So then you clinged on to that. But then he cheated. Mm-hmm. And then um, with the whole church and him, um, and even during that time, everything you saw, the betrayal and the fakeness, um, just the humanity of it all, but we couldn't compartmentalize that yeah. as humanity. Right. <laughs> um, but it made you grow cold. So then it grew into your adult life and then into this new relationship that you have now, mm-hmm. which you knew at the time. And some of that um, belief systems, those anxiety, that stress, that fear came in. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it grew into codependency as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's always there. What I saw was there was a level of codependency even throughout. Yeah. And that's fine. I think that's real. I think that's normal. Right. I think that's human. Um, but I do want to just give some space because in the next episode, we will go into how self-aware you got and like mm-hmm. what happened at COVID and how like basically it was forced like you had no choice. You hit rock bottom and you yeah. had no choice but to get back up yeah. and be better. Exactly. And so, but I do want to give your heart and Krista some space to, because I've seen like you've gotten emotional while explaining this. Yeah. And like I've almost gotten emotional like seeing you cry. I can't wait to give you a hug after this <laughs> because I almost started crying because it's so real. Like all these people, I feel like... The whole time you were talking, I was like, oh, my gosh, there are so many people that feel this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, your story can resonate with so many. Like, hiding. Oh, I hid in order to feel loved. Oh, I isolated myself. You know, like, I wanted to be outgoing and fun and, like, loud so people can love that. Exactly. But in the darkness and as soon as I lay my head on my pillow, it was a different story. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, but I do want to give you some space to, let's say if little Krista, like Krista from high school, mm-hmm. was sitting right in front of, me, in front of you, not me, Krista, mm-hmm. who um, has felt betrayed, who doesn't feel beautiful, who feels fat, yeah. who cries ever cries herself to sleep every night. Mm-hmm. She was sitting right in front of you right now. Mm. What would you say to her? Oh, God. Because I feel like that's important when we go back in time. Because when we're telling our stories like this, we're 
essentially going back in time to this girl right. and reliving that. And I just want to give you and her some space. Does that make sense? Yes. Do you feel comfortable doing yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's definitely... She's trying to cry. <laughs> you can cry. <laughs> but I think I that's so healing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And the fact that you got honest with your story, like we said this in the past podcasts, like when we truly get honest, yeah. it can be the most healing thing you can ever do. So I want to give you that space with Krista. <laughs> don't don't hide it i know here Take see it. this is me laughing <laughs> trying to make it <laughs> it's okay if you need to take a couple of deep breaths you're fine okay so flutter krista was sitting right in front of me right now first i feel like i just want to give her a huge hug yeah um, I think she needs that. She does. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and just tell her, like, first, I'm so sorry that you feel this way. I'm so sorry. That you felt so alone your whole life. I wish that you would realize that you truly are beautiful, who you are to your core. You are, and you don't you don't have to put on a face you don't have to do the the things that you feel like other people want you to do you're good enough just the way you are Mm -hmm. I wish you knew that that all that affirmation that you were looking for was right there within you and that's all you needed you were wanting other people to love you and to take a chance on you but you just needed to love yourself and take a chance on yourself but I want you to know that it does get better Mm -hmm. It's harder to be in your pain and to talk about your pain, but it's now, now doing both of those things, it's much harder to be cold mm-hmm. when you lay your head down at night after being cold, like it's just like an empty space. And I want you to know it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I want you to know that there is hope. Mm. That you do get better. And that you do eventually choose yourself. And I love you. That is so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've said it a couple of times. <laughs> this is so powerful. Oh my God, Krista. And I don't know. Like, I'm. Honestly, after we stopped recording your episode last week, I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Me next. Yeah. Me next. Like, I, I mean, I remember, like, driving home after recording your episode and just being like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, and, and I mean, because I already do, like, I have, I feel like I still, like, have some social anxiety. Like, oh, my God, you just have to say the right thing. So, like, a lot of that fear was. Yeah. Oh, that was being brought up, like, oh, I have to do uh-huh. this. No, I feel like you, you came exactly ha- as you are. Yeah. And, like, Krista, your story is so good. Like, it's so it's so powerful because I just, like I said, it, so many people need to hear this because they feel this. Yeah. And they don't even realize that they feel this way. Right. Like, I never truly realized for, the, for those, what, four or five years of high school and a little bit, no, 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 I guess junior high, a little bit into high school. Like, I don't think I ever really realized how truly alone I felt and truly, I don't know. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. But in the next episode, we will get into um, Krista's um, turning point, Mm -hmm. the self-awareness, what she went through during COVID. Yeah. And um, where she's at now. Do you have any homework for people? (sighs) I like how you said earlier how when you wrote down exactly how you felt, and that was the first time you wrote down exactly mm-hmm. what you were thinking. Like you were putting your what would the chaos that was going on in your mind, and yeah. you put it to paper, you put it to words. Yes. And I feel like that would be good for people to do, and that's an invitation if you do want to do that. I, I agree. That would be good and, homework. And if it's hard for you to just like just write it. For me, it took having to do it in, like, a more creative way, like, having to come up with a poem or having to come up with, um, I don't know, even, like, a painting of just something that you genuinely feel. Because I I will tell you that there's still times, and this is so weird whenever I'm saying this out loud, but there's still times where I'm I'm writing in my journal and I'm noticing that I'm not actually writing what I want to, like, what I genuinely feel. I'm writing what I think I want to. Like, if anybody would ever read my journal, what I think I'd want them to know. Oh, yeah, that's good. Like, I find myself doing that, and I'm like, no, no, this is a space for me Mm -hmm. to be genuine about how I feel so that it's not just a storm within myself anymore. Like, it's out there. Yeah. You know, like, it can can be out. Yeah. And which really does just take a huge weight off your shoulders Mm -hmm. because you're like, okay, it's out there, even though it's only still with you but at least it's still out there and not just in your brain yeah you know so yes I would I think that's great I would um encourage you to try to sit down and just be vulnerable with yourself Mm -hmm. maybe it's about a situation maybe it's just about how you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. maybe it's about your career your job your school whatever it is um, maybe it's about your relationship. Maybe it's about your friendships. Maybe it's about your relationships with your parents. Like, just whatever you kind of ever, like, tense up about. Like, mm. write down how you genuinely feel about it. And and if you're too scared, write it down. Then fucking burn it on fire. I don't know. Yeah. Just <laughs> do it to where you can get it out. 
and read it back to yourself too. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of power in reading that back to you. Mm. Um, cause I've written things down in the moment and how I felt. And I remember going back the next day and rereading it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I felt that way. And I would like write myself a note be like, I'm so sorry that you felt that way. Those things are not true about you. Like I was almost validating myself, yeah, you know? It, yeah. And maybe, and I think validation is such a key to healing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even do that as well after you write down all your feelings and be honest with yourself. Maybe do what Krista just did here, like picture that girl or that boy in front of you and just mm-hmm. talk to him or yeah. talk to her. And maybe even go a step further, but this is always just an invitation. Mm-hmm. After you validate her or him and, you know, hold her or just say apologize maybe if you want to go a step further just ask Jesus where are you in this Mm -hmm. like that's what I always do I talk to myself and then I ask Jesus where are you in this yeah so that's always an invitation but if you just want to start with having the young your younger self in front of you and just speaking encouragement over her and love and validation start with that yeah and for those of you who are sitting there thinking that's so weird. I don't think I could do that. I promise you, if you get past the the initial, I'm talking to nobody in front of me, like, if you get past that and really do dive in deep and just really pretend like that person's in front of you, like, mm-hmm. it really is healing. It really is. So just try it, even if you are... Yeah, and don't put pressure on yourself. Yeah. Nobody's around you when you do it. Yeah. Like, nobody's laughing you. at you when you do it. Mm-mm. And you don't have to tell anybody that you're doing <laughs> it afterwards. Like, this is just you. Don't even put judgment on yourself. Because yeah. that's you putting judgment on yourself. Oh, this is stupid. This is weird. This yeah. is dumb. Mm-hmm. No, there's no judgment. This is you. Yeah. This is for you. This is you choosing yourself in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's so healing yeah because I, I I say that because there were so many times in therapy where I was like oh this is weird you know yeah but then as soon as I got past it I was like wow yeah like you 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 realize things about yourself whenever you do that and, exactly and maybe how emotional you get maybe the things that you ended up saying you know how your body felt you just learn you learn a lot mm-hmm. from it so all right um Yes, tune in next week for part two. And then also, if you want to reach out to us, email us your story. If Mm -hmm. you even resonate with Krista's story at all, please email and go to our website, the real meaning of humanity podcast.com. And then you can email us there. And then also, um, if you do like follow us, and if you keep want to keep listening to our stories and resonate and not feel so alone, yeah, all right, exactly. And also, if you ever have any questions about any yes. of our stories or anything that we say, we love questions too. So yeah, we will answer there. it. And then also like podcast ideas yes. too. Which, I mean, we have several, but we're going to need more later. Yeah. Oh yeah. We have a <laughs> lot coming your way. But yes, we love people's ideas. Once again, this will be a community. We want a community. Yeah. All right. Exactly. We All right. love y'all. All right, you. We out. Bye. 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 <laughs>